We haven't recorded podcasts for the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. uh, for a variety of reasons, some technical issues, but also uh, last week because we had a, a hurricane uh, bearing down on us. Technical issues and an act of God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, some would say that both are acts of God. <laughs> Feels <laughs> like some it. Points. Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, we, we weren't able to record last week because uh, we were preparing for uh, Hurricane Dorian. Dorian. But we... Uh, luckily for us, we were able to, we, we kind of dodged that because yes. at the last minute, Dorian kind of stalled um, out there in the Atlantic a little bit. And and they had a new word this right time for hurricanes. Never heard that before. It wobbled. It, wa- it wobbled. That's what you know what? I have heard that before where they, they showed a little graphic and it just kind of goes back wobbled. and forth a little bit. And it wobbled away from Florida. Mm-hmm. And so um, the, 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 the initial projections were that it was going to come through Central Florida, right over Orla- us. Orlando yeah. and Lakeland, down through Disney World. They closed Disney World for a yeah. day, which rarely happens. Um, and that was the original projection. Um, fortunately, it didn't happen. It stayed um, in the ocean, um, mm-hmm. skirted the coast, and wobbled, which meant that it went even farther um, out into the ocean. Mm-hmm. So we avoided even the heavy rains yeah. that typically accompany the hurricanes. Yeah. So, so we, we didn't get much fortunate. of an effect at all. You know, right. of course, we feel for the for those in the Bahamas, um, uh, you know, the and storm kind of really just mm-hmm. stalled and sat there for right. uh, half a day or right. longer um, without really even moving much, right. uh, which is not really t- not typical right. at all. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, those up on the um, north northeast coast of the Pre- United States, North America, particularly the outer islands yeah. uh, of Georgia, Sea Islands of Georgia, and the outer islands, Outer Banks, and things yeah. in North Carolina, which are always seem to be in the path of most hurricanes so right. yes we'll be thinking of you yep so um so that's why we weren't able to record last week but this week we're going to uh hit a topic mm-hmm. that's important because it is the start of school um right. we have been we have a variety of topics that we've been trying to hit with this with the start right. of school but we've had a number of issues that have prevented prevented us from being mm-hmm. able to to record and to get them out but we're going to do our best um hopefully we've right. got some of those things resolved um, we still have some tweaking to do with things, but hopefully right. we'll get those things, these things resolved so that we can get these podcasts out. But today we're going to talk about uh, some information from a from a article mm-hmm. on motivation, um, right. and what it really is talking about is the concern and, and issue that is present whenever we blame students for not being motivated enough, and we That's use right. that as the rationale for why they're not performing very well in school. Right. If they're not achieving at a certain grade level, or they're not bringing enough enthusiasm to their homework, um, we tend to blame motivation. Right. The first word, well, she's not motivated, or you go into a parent-teacher conference and you're with your right. child, that she just doesn't have any motivation. Yeah. There's no motivation to do the work. Um, we have referred to that as a slippery slope, going yes. down a slippery slope, because yeah. it takes us to places that and this is the odd thing about motivation. We really don't know what right. motivation is. Yeah. Okay, when I was at the University of Texas, I had the good fortune to work with a world-famous educational psychologist. And I asked her one day about doing a study mm-hmm. on motivation, and she said, I think that's a difficult area to do, but let's check with the expert. And she called a friend of hers in California, mm-hmm. and we talked to him on the phone for a while, and he finally said, we don't, we don't know how to study motivation. Right. We don't know how to define it. There's no test for motivation. Right. So he said, it's been very, very difficult topic to study and to really understand. We think we know what it means, mm-hmm. but we're really not right. sure. So we really don't know about motivation. 
So before you blame your child mm -hmm. or your student for, for lacking motivation, um, please be very careful yeah. with the attribution, with the accusation, because we really don't know what it is. And as this article points out, it probably is going to dig a dry hole, a dry well. So right. It's not going to get us anything. Right. Okay? And that's what we want to convince you of, is that, is that blaming um, a student for lacking motivation is probably not going to get you very much. Right. There was a wonderful book written years ago by a, a well-known developmental pediatrician by the name of Mel Levine. He was one of the first uh, pediatricians to really address educational issues right. back, by the way back in the 60s and 70s. Um, and he taught his pediatric residents about educational problems, right. which is a wonderful contribution yeah. to the field of pediatrics. And he wrote a book probably in the 80s, uh, maybe in the 90s, called The Myth of Laziness. Right. And, and I agree with him. I, I, I do think it's a myth because when we say that kids aren't motivated, what we're really saying is they're not motivated to do what we want them right. to do. Okay, they're motivated to do what they want to do. Right. We all are. Yeah. They're motivated to play video games. They're motivated to be on their cell phones. They're motivated to play sports. They're just not motivated to do what we want. So when we talk about motivation, we're talking about motivation for a particular activity. Right. Okay. So what we encourage you to do is, as you listen to this podcast and as you read uh, the show notes, um, figure out why a child is not motivated to do this particular right. task, whether it's clean a room or do homework or study hard enough to get a B instead of a C. Right. So there's something happening behind the motivation, right. and that's what we want you to think about. Right, yeah, because there, there are many things that influence motivation. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, right. for example, we're, we're kids are really interested and really motivated to play video games, mm -hmm. but if we, even if we ask teenagers, mm -hmm. you know, if they play video games, those that play video games are those that are good at video games. Right. Those that do not play very, you know, are not very good at video games or, or kind of, you know, uh, not, not good players. Mm -hmm. They have poor fine motor skills or for whatever reason. Sure. Um, they don't like playing video games. I was never good at video games. I came to them very late mm -hmm. when my first son was born and I just was never very good at mm -hmm. them. I didn't have a lot of interest, but I never got good at them. I don't play video games right. because I'm, I, I'm not good at it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And that's one of the keys that we're going to be discussing is we talk about motivation as though it leads to achievement. Right. And it's probably the reverse. Right. The highest achievers are the most highly motivated. If you increase achievement, you will increase motivation, right. whether it's video games or school or anything else. Right. Okay. And what's interesting is that's that's a very um, behavioral mm -hmm. observation. I mean, right. we do what we what we are good at because right. we are reinforced. We we feel good when we do when we perform well with something, and so when we feel good about it, we are more likely to do it again. That's right. What I what I challenge parents and teachers is to say, who was the most highly motivated person in your graduating class? Right invariably it's the valedictorian right. the highest achievers have the highest motivation right. they're not achieving because they're motivated they're motivated because they're achieving right i don't know any way to teach motivation right i just don't right. you can punish kids you can threaten kids and turn on them they'll be motivated a little mm -hmm. okay but we don't know how to teach motivation right but we do know how to teach subjects. Yeah. So what teachers do best is they can teach. Yeah. Teach math, teach reading, teach English. If you teach and increase achievement, 
you're going to see an increase right. in motivation. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, so let's talk about so this article. In this article, the, the author talks about, it brings up five students. Five kids, right. Five, five students with mm -hmm. identified um, difficulties. Right. Um, you know, they have a variety of difficulties. Some, uh, we can go through the list, but some right. of them have difficulty focusing, some ha are, um, some avoid and some do different things. Right. But they all have identifiable, um, identifiable disabilities right. or limitations of some sort. That's right. Um, we already know going into the article that these five students already have been identified, right. okay? What they're doing is they're avoiding their work, they're being a distraction, mm -hmm. they are easily distracted, they don't start their work immediately, they don't finish the task, you know, all the typical things that we right. hear about in school. And the irony of this article, and the article was written by an educational um, consultant who serves mm -hmm. as an advocate mm -hmm. for parents, uh, for families and kids. And um, she said, the, we already know that these kids have identified problems. Right. We've already identified them as having something. Mm -hmm. I think one of them had autism, Mm -hmm. uh, they, on the spectrum. One of them had ADHD, one of them had a behavior problem, one of them had learning disabilities. So we, even with these kids, and I think the reason she picked these students out is that even though we know they have identifiable deficits, we're still talking about their motivation, right. okay? And, and, and as she points out, that what we know about these kids is that they, they process information differently um, they're unable to focus. Mm -hmm. we, we know that about kids right. with ADHD, um, that this inability to focus. We know, number three, we know that they need uh, different instructional approaches, okay? Mm -hmm. And finally, they need emotional supports because they are struggling. Right. They're struggling socially, they're struggling academically, there are family struggles, so, so they also need emotional supports. Those are the things that we know about them. We also know that their problems are not about motivation. Right. Okay, th th that's not the problem. We know that it's not disobedience or lack of interest. Mm -hmm. Okay, They're not being willfully disobedient. Right. And finally, we know that just by working harder, things are not going to change. Right. Okay? And, and that, that's where the motivation thing comes in. You know, well, you have to work, how do you have to work harder? You, don't ask me to work harder if I'm not good at something. Right. It's not going to work. Well, and, and don't ask them to work harder when they may already be working as hard as they can, and if you what, if, if they're working as hard as they can, and you say, "Well, you need to work harder," how, where does that come from? Where, and, are you gonna, where are you going to get the extra? And, and not just where they're going to get it, but what you're going to do is you're going to get them to shut down. You're going to shut down. That's yeah. right. What it's going to lead to is they're going to finally say, I, "They're just going to quit." Yeah. Okay. So if you keep pushing in the wrong direction, mm -hmm. that's what you're going to get. Right. So this is not about willfulness, and right. I, that's the first thing we want to take away, is that they're not choosing to be unmotivated, they're not choosing to be disobedient, they're not choosing to underachieve. Nobody chooses that stuff. Right, okay. and, and I think, you know, as we're going through this, because um, I know that I know what you might be thinking as you're listening to this podcast, right. you might be thinking, well, you know, but my student or my, my kid, he doesn't have an identified Disability. He doesn't have an identified limitation, um, and so he's he must be um, lack of you know, so must, must have a lack of motivation. Must be motivation in his case, right? It, no, it's exactly the same thing whether the student right. has an identified issue or the or the student doesn't. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been working with kids for a really long time. Right. Some of us a lot longer than others. And so because of that, you know, and throughout that time, very rarely, maybe on one hand. Can I count the number of students that I've ever worked with who wanted to do poorly? Right. 
But even they wanted to do poorly for a reason. Right. And, and even they, you know, they were motivated to do poorly. So they were still motivated about something. Exactly. So, so there's, you know, let, let's, let's get away from that idea of them not being motivated and figure out what's going on so that we can really help them. Right, right. Now, there, this writer uh, attributes uh, blaming lack of motivation on three things. Mm -hmm. The first one is ignorance, and she, and, and, and she defines it very specifically, and we'll do that in a second. So one is ignorance or lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. The second is a lack of resources. And the third is insecurity, okay? Right. So what does she... What does she mean by ignorance, okay? Yeah. First of all, uh, and she uses, let me make one other point. She uses these special needs kids as the obvious, she's saying even with special needs kids, we blame motivation. Right. But it's also true for kids right. who are functioning as we expect them to yeah. function. You know, the neurotypical child, um, who the 80% who don't um, encounter mm -hmm. academic difficulties. Mm -hmm. It occurs with everybody, but what she's saying, it even occurs with kids where we know they have these mm -hmm. problems, okay? So even though we know the problem is not motivation, we still blame the problem on right. lack of motivation. So number one is ignorance. We have too little coursework mm -hmm. in our teacher preparation programs for problems like lack of motivation mm -hmm. and laziness and special needs, okay? We, uh, teachers just don't know what to do about it. Right. Parents don't know what to do about it. So we say, well, she's not motivated. No, it's some other problem. We just don't know what it is. Right. Okay. Second, it's a lack of resources. Mm -hmm. We have this wonderful law called IDEA, Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. It's a wonderful act. So is the follow-up to that, which is... IDEA. Uh, yeah, and every student succeeds at a college and career. Yeah. Okay. Um, so these laws are wonderful, but none of them are funded adequately. Right. Okay, and we see that in today's schools where because of tax cuts and reductions in school budgets, we have fewer and fewer resources to meet these needs. And then finally, insecurity. Uh, the, the human condition is we tend to blame others. Right. Okay, uh, I'm not going to blame myself for my right. children's problems. I'm going to blame my children, right. right? There was a study done, I think back in the 80s, and to make a very long article short, of the recommendations made, 100% of the recommendations were about changing the child. 10% mm -hmm. of the recommendations blamed the parents. Mm -hmm. Nobody discussed the curriculum, the teachers, the administration, how schools function. That was never discussed. Yeah. We always blame the student. Right. Okay, We hold the student accountable. And that's probably wrong mm -hmm. because it's not it's not just the student. Right. And it's our job to figure out what's going on. You know, we have this wonderful thing in education today called a functional behavioral assessment, an FBA. It's the bane of every teacher's existence because it's a lot of paperwork, mm -hmm. okay? They're lengthy uh, paperwork documents. The idea with an FBA is don't just judge the behavior, but see, what's, see why the behavior is occurring, mm -hmm. okay? And the irony of this is it's exactly what we're saying about motivation. Right. Figure out why the child isn't motivated. Right. You know, look behind the curtain. It's like mm -hmm. the Wizard of Oz. Don't just look at the front. Don't right. just look at the behavior, but look behind the motivation. Figure out why it's not occurring. Right. Okay. Absolutely. But stop blaming the child mm -hmm. because it's probably not the child's fault. Uh, it's not the child who's not motivated. 
um, and figure out why the child isn't motivated. Right. You know, what is the reason? Why, because she can't do the work? Because mm -hmm. she, there are other distractions? There's some reason for this. In most cases, I think you're going to find that as long as students can do the work, they'll be motivated to do it. Yeah. It's when they can't do the work that motivation drops. Right. So when we think about what we're going to do about this, you know, when we're trying to get into some recommendations and right. some ideas for trying to resolve some of these issues outside of blaming motivation, because you know, that, that is the other piece, is that as soon as we start to blame motivation, we're done. Yeah, we're off the hook. What are we going to do? Right. Uh, because you know, how are you going to make the ch the student motivated? Right. You know, I, I talk about this with with parents. Um, you know, if you want your kid to you know eat, eat eat broccoli, you know, how are you going to make them eat? You can make the environment miserable right. until they choose to eat it. <laughs> but if they can endure the miserable environment, they're not going to eat. It. You can't right. make them eat it. That's right. <laughs> no, I think of all kinds of draconian punishments you right. can use you know if you don't eat your broccoli you don't get dessert if you don't eat your broccoli you have to go to bed early yeah you know I mean I guess but you're not gonna you're not gonna motivate them to keep eating broccoli you're gonna get them to eat broccoli at that moment right Maybe. And they might throw up yeah. yeah no it doesn't buy you anything right so so when, we, when we're thinking about this we, we need as we move away from motivation we're, we're gonna hopefully open the door to some additional strategies and approaches that we can right. use. And the first thing we have to do is we have to think about the environment itself. What is it, you know, does the student feel as though he or she can talk to you and share with you what is going on? And that, that word is safety. Right. Do they feel, so the first recommendation is do, if you're talking about students or your own children, do they feel safe to come to you and say, right. I just don't understand how to do this. Right. Are they going to get encouragement and help, or are they going to get criticism right. and de derisive comments like, well, it's because you're not paying attention. Well, you should have worked, or you should have done this, or you should have done that. Or it's, um, the student will say, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. And you say, yes, you do. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Well, if, if I do, then I'm going to go ahead no, and do But it. how many kids come up and say, I'm afraid to ask questions because I'm afraid to be embarrassed right. in class. Right. No child should be embarrassed, ever, ever, ever be embarrassed to ask a question in right. class. I mean, my, with, with our own children, we sometimes yeah. have to repeat ourselves over and over and over again. Right. We, we, we know that we do that. We know how kids are. Yeah. And so we just have to have patience. But most of all, classrooms have to be a safe environment. Right. You cannot... We cannot create classrooms where kids don't feel safe to admit that they can't do something. Right. Okay. It doesn't matter why. They yeah. have to feel safe in asking. So, and so even that's if they're the hesitant to speak up in front of the entire class, mm -hmm. you have to have a system in place that they can come to you, that they feel okay coming to you individually to be able to ask questions and to be right. able to find out, you know, how to, to solve their problem. Right. Yeah. When they feel incompetent, uh, what, we have to help them, right. okay? And we have to make it possible for them to come and ask us the question. The other thing we need to do is that we need to exhibit curiosity mm -hmm. about the child. You right. know, what is it about this child? Why mm -hmm. isn't she motivated? Mm -hmm. what, what's going on? Is it, is it something about the child? Is it something about the classroom? Is it something about her family? Right. Be curious about the child to figure out what's going on. And I think the word curious is interesting. To use the word curious there is very curious. Um, because what I would use is interested. Right. You have to be interested in the student. You have mm -hmm. to show the student that you care enough about what they're, what's going on with them, right. and that you're interested in knowing from them what mm -hmm. their perspective is and what right. they're experiencing. Because as soon as, I promise you, as soon as you start doing that, 
As soon as the student really feels as though you, you mm -hmm. care and you're going to listen to them and you're going right. to respond to what they're saying, mm -hmm. they're going to share more with you. Right. How many times in our field do uh, youngsters come in here and they say to their parents, no, he listened to me. Finally, right. he's, he's listening to me. He's right. listening to what I'm saying. Right. Okay. And that's what we want. We right. want adults to listen and hear what they're saying. Absolutely. And be safe. Absolutely. So safe and curious yeah. okay, are the two things. Most of all, don't just look at the behavior, say she's not motivated, mm -hmm. okay, that's a behavior, she's not motivated. It doesn't end there, that's the beginning of a process, right. okay? Go, what's happening behind the behavior? Right. That's where we have to go. Yeah, we have to figure that part out. Right, so. right, so. All right, well, uh, good luck. Good luck with that, because it's, it's <laughs> tough. It's a, you it know, is. You know, I, I feel for st teachers who have, you know, you know, you think of high school teachers with, who have, you know, 150, 170 students right. mm -hmm. um, a day, and they're trying to do this with, you know, if even if they're trying to do this with, mm -hmm. you know, 10 to 20 percent of those students, mm -hmm. that's a lot of students every day. Um, so how many times have we had students uh, say to us, well, there's no point because I'm not good at math. Right. You know, that, right. that famous phrase, I'm not good at math. There is no such thing right. as I'm not good at math. If the student comes to you and says, I'm not good at math, then the goal... It's not a motivation issue. It's not motivation. Yeah. It's achievement. It's achievement. Okay? And what do teachers do well? They teach. Right. Okay. Don't worry about motivation. Teach math. That's what you're trained right. to do. Teach math. Improve that child's achievement. And you'll see that motivation yeah. go up. Yeah. Whether it's math or any other subject. Make them feel good about it. Right. And then, that's yeah. right. So, mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think that's it for today then. Okay. Um, we finally were able to finish a podcast. Do you know um, why we were able to? I mean, it, it behaved itself. The it, technology it, behaved. It did. The hurricane's gone and the technology behaved. Yep, and you, you may not notice, but there's some edits throughout this video because we had some interruptions, but it's all, it's all good. Um, we, we've made it, and hopefully the next one will go well as, as well. Right. So, um, but uh, you know, if you have any questions or uh, topics that you would like for us to discuss, you know, please write into us. We, we do try to monitor all of that and, and you know, address whatever issues you might be interested in. Right. One, of the, one of the issues that we were, uh, we've been talking about is vaping, you know, this whole yeah. vaping issue. If you want to know more about that, we'll be happy to yeah. go out and do the research. Yeah. There's um, an interesting article about that just recently. Right. CDC has said, yeah. please stop vaping until we figure out what's wrong with it. Yeah. You know? And so, if, if, but if you have topics like that that you want us to take a closer look at, let us know. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.